Hey everybody! Hi. Sorry that uh, I got kind of like lost in um, that Smash TV Nintendo playthrough. Also, is that what that was? That yeah. Was- also, uh, I forgot Zombie Sailor put um, his Double J Orange Card figure up tonight for pre-order, and I was like, I just, I was like, oh shit. Because I was going to talk about it on the show, and I, I clicked on the, to, to see the information, and I'm like, "Oh crap! I completely forgot about it. I fucked up big time." And I'm like, "I missed it." And then I, I texted Zombie, and as I texted him, I, I was clicking to the website, and I realized, "Nope, didn't didn't miss him. Just an idiot." It's next week. No, no, it's still there. You can still get them. Oh, so, oh, still there. Yeah. Gotcha. I figured uh, zombiesailor.com you want to pre-order the orange card Jeff Jarrett Hasbro style retro figure I got to find where I have oh, here's this is, here's a credit card that works hey, you got you're just uh shopping online ahead, shopping with the radio go ahead and read it out as we uh, <laughs> uh re- read along as you shop tell us how you're how you're doing it you right, know, ready? The number the name address expiration CRV. Are you ready? Yep, go ahead. First number is one. Uh huh. Second number is two. Gotcha. Second, third number is three. Ooh, American Express, I see. Go ahead. Fourth number, four. <laughs> Got you. Last and num- the date. <laughs> last, you forgot the last number, dummy. It's five. Oh, sorry. Five. Gotcha. Five. One, two, three, four, One, five. One, two, three, four, five. It's the same number on my same combination on my luggage. Uh classic. Bad four hundred badly bad requests cloud fair. Did I order it or not? Alright, we'll wait. We'll wait and see. Uh but yeah, I have um Ordering the if you want the double J uh, heels and faces if you didn't get in on that first run he does the, the zombie sailors doing awesome work. Speaking of awesome work, Squeezer, uh, yeah, Kevin Smith should have just shut the fuck up and let his work speak for itself. Uh, yeah, because uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation was a revelation in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I. Beyond what I thought it was gonna be, I loved it. Every, yeah, I I felt like garbage. Uh, what was that? Uh, two, Monday night, uh, I had uh, yeah, I had some Taco Bell for lunch. Uh, a little squeezer. His tummy wasn't feeling it, so Aww. I'm like, you know what? I gotta watch one. So I sat and watched one, and uh, two hours later, I was done. I watched all five of them. It was too good. Yeah, I, I, uh, Enchantress, she did fall asleep, but she was a tired girl. I, uh, I got my Jeff Jarrett's. I, um, nice. 
There's San Diego, two. I bought two. One to open and one to keep on card. They're $40 a piece, which is, if you think about what goes into it, that's a good price. Um, But I need to open one. And what's $90.27 amongst friends? (laughs) So Enchantress, she felt... I mean, for Meals on Wheels, a, a lot. But, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you, you know, taking off the wheels, just deliver the meals. You're getting greedy with yeah. the wheels. Uh, Enchantress fell asleep watching. Uh, I, I support Meals on Wheels. I'm kidding. It's it's comedy, everybody. Yeah. In fact, you even use it, right? It helps when Squeezer laughs along and sells my jokes instead of just sitting silent. You could play a cricket sound instead. At least I might get some laughs out of the audience. Oh I'm also a client. <laughs> get it? You're old. I don't get it. Because old people. Never mind. I need these beers. Go ahead. You earned it. That, that was a traumatic experience there. You almost didn't get your uh, retro Jeff Jarrett. I know, and I did. Uh, Look at that hair. That's just... Spread my days getting down on the narrow, but the count on the heart yeah. keeps ticking too slow. I can't wait to be alone with my baby tonight. That was beautiful. I think that's how it goes, right? I, I think so. I mean, it, it's all about the tune. No one really cares about the words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's how I sing most. Enchantress will learn you that that's how I sing most songs. She's like, you know, this is a breakup song. I'm like, what? No, it's a happy song. <laughs> so you don't listen to the lyrics, dummy. Yeah, you're the dummy. <sighs> uh, anyway, she fell asleep. Yeah. Not that doesn't mean it's not good, but no, it's fantastic. I flew through it. Yeah, What's I, up, I, Joe? I oh, Joe, you're gonna get Vince. Oh boy. Because one of my picks, you're gonna get yeah, just just, just wait. Just wait, Joe. And what's up, Chasing Plastic? So yeah, I, uh, I, I loved it. Yeah, it is really good. Yeah, don't let I'm I'm not gonna go get my soapbox and cause the next gotta go up a step but and this is from someone who didn't like last jedi which a lot of people are comparing it to really i don't i don't know the anything like that i think just because they they wrote a strong female character all of a sudden the insecure males of the internet are like last jedi last Jedi. and listen i'm not saying everyone who hated um uh Masters of the Universe Revelations is an insecure male, but I think the ones who are review bombing it on uh, Rotten Tomatoes are probably yeah. incels. Well, if Alien or Aliens came out now, they would hate it. Half the shit that came out now, they would hate We talked last week. If if Return of the Jedi came out now, they would Hi, fucking Darryl. hate it. What's up, Dale? Ish? What up? But yeah, it was uh, quite enjoyable. I, I love... Like you said, I love a competent Skeletor. I like where the story's going. Yeah, like, it's, it's not it's... over. That's the thing. It's setting it up. Like, like what did I say? Hogan doesn't wrestle every night on TV. Goddamn, pal. But if he does, he must pose. <laughs> Get out there and fucking strut for the people. Ah. And and, and I'm not going to lie. I think I even cried. Yeah, with or- Orko sacrificing himself. Oh, spoilers. Sorry, spoilers. Spoilers. I mean, it's Heat Man. No one's dead. So. It's I mean, not Heat Man. It's one Masters car- of the Universe, dead, Squeezer. But but where did Masters of the Universe come from? If not a toy line, it came from a 
comic book. And what do we know about characters in comic books? They are never truly dead. Yes. There's only there is one character that dies that I think stays dead, and that's would do him a disservice if he did come back. He man? No. Moss man. No, he man has No. Stop telling people all these people that died. He, here's I don't who you who are you talking about? Uh Metalman. Who? Uh what's his name? Uh Roboto? Yeah, Roboto. Oh, yeah, Roboto. Yeah. Yeah. He could be brought back to life though. Yeah, but it would do him a disservice though. Like his the whole Yeah. His death throes and that little speech at the end. Uh, yeah. It was it was beautiful. I don't get how people are like, You're doing a disservice to the mythology. <laughs> this no, is no, a no. mythology. There's no Look, I, I love I love He-Man more now than I did back then because, I don't know, I just never... There was so much going on then. I was never huge in the He-Man. I was a little I was young, and my mom didn't buy me the toys. A big He-Man, Mark. Uh, my mom uh-huh. made me the Orko cake, which we have so famously saw. Yes. Big He-Man but fan. I went back a while ago to rewatch some old episodes. They're awful. They're god-awful. Yeah. It's horrendous. It was a mythology based on getting your kids to buy the latest toy. So these yes. people are like, Kevin Smith's doing a service to the mythology. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that was pretty good. <laughs> you, you fucking dweebs. Like, yeah. seriously. Okay, right, if, if you just... I know, I'm getting angry. If you just dislike it... <laughs> I was so hot the other day. You're allowed to dislike it to dislike it. That's fine. But yeah. first of all, Kevin did him... Kevin should never have acknowledged the fucking shithead who was like... Who like figured out that Sarah Michelle Geller is higher on the call sheet than the guy playing Prince Adam? So they're doing a bait and s- I, I I don't know I don't know the fucking fish cloud or whatever the fuck website who who called him out and be like Kevin lied. What the fuck? He's supposed to give away the plot? They're trying to sell Netflix subscriptions, people. Yeah, I don't want to know what's gonna happen. My lord, that's the beauty of it. Jeez. Yeah. I digress. I highly recommend. Uh, and Motu. Mark, I mean, who? I mean, it was a given, right? We knew that Mark Hamill would be an amazing Skeletor. Yeah. And Lena Headey is. I mean, to be fair, Cersei is Evil Lynn. Yeah. Yeah. They're perfect. Like I couldn't. Like that voice is just. She's phenomenal as her. Uh, but yeah, I thoroughly and, and, enjoyed and it. I, I it someone's like a rewatch. Someone goes online. Sarah Michelle Gellar doesn't isn't a believable Tila. She's more suitable for My Little Pony. Uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer can be Tila. Come on, man. Hey, and give My Little Pony some credit. All right, they got some legit shit going on there. Yeah. Okay, it gets dark, man. Our when friend... Chrysalis shows up and starts, and the changelings start taking over the Crystal Empire, it gets a little, it gets a little edgy. All right. Oh yeah, no, I know, I don't know, yeah. but I am. Chasing Plastic oh, just can... said he had an Orco cake for his fourth birthday, and he was He-Man for Halloween in '84 in a muscle costume his mom made with yellow yarn hair. That's freaking epic. Because then Chrysalis took the form. Are we still talking about uh, Princess Cadence? Pony. Oh, yeah. And then during Shining Armor and her wedding, Whoa, hold then on. Twilight Sparkle had to come and break the curse with love. You guys, I think my co host is a brony. <laughs> Could I go on an AMC show real life? My, my friend's a brony. 
Can we make any money off that? <laughs> to promote the pod, if anything, right? If you guys really want to get to the depths of Squeezer's bronyism, you're going to have to. I... Do you want to fuck any of these ponies, Squeezer? No, no. <laughs> there was a hesitance to your there no. Is, there is no. You thought about it no. for a second. You're like, do I? I mean, there's, no, not, I never went that far. My God, that one's kind of hot. But other than that. <laughs> you know. That's the, um, the, the core uh, tenet of bronyism, I think. Wanting to fuck or be fucked by said ponies. Oh, no, not definitely not by. Um, but no, no, no. <laughs> but no, I, wow, this is, you really just took it to a place where now, um, well, I'm not going to be able to get that out of my head. I exposed you. Tomorrow night as I'm reading out bedtime <laughs> stories and <laughs> this is my life, man. This is my life. It's my life, man. God damn. Uh, we got a few comments. Although although we are pushing the Star Wars now. It's actually going really well. They're all about it. Oh, what did they think when you brought the Chewy Standy home? Oh, they thought it was the coolest thing in the world. They wanted it in the living room. And now it's directly behind me over my shoulder, which is kind of uh, unnerving. Mm-hmm. It, it barely fit. His head is brushing the ceiling. Um, here, it gets, that thing is what? I think seven foot tall, maybe more. Yeah, it's it's a big bastard. Yeah, it's a big chewy cardboard cutout that's been in your basement for I don't know. Well, when when did uh, Last Jedi come out? <laughs> uh, a while ago. Yeah, so that's that's when he went down there and he has returned. Yeah, they're very excited. Lots of questions. It's kind of hard because they don't have the attention span for it. They really just want uh, Chewy and Princess Leia. Uh, so kind of hop all around. And there's lots of questions that. I like to let Mrs. Squeezer try to answer, and she has no clue who any of these characters are. So I find it amusing. That is great. So uh, this is the part of the show where I read uh, your reviews. You can please subscribe oh. to us on Amazon. Uh, well, we won't get into their uh, horrible alg- algorithm until we get to a certain amount of subscribers. We're like 300-some, but it's got to be more than that. Uh uh, subscribe and like us on YouTube and help us out uh, and, and comment too. And out of the box media commented, keep up with the lunch lady impression. What a classic. I was cracking up the <laughs> whole time on our last episode. Thank you. Out of the box media. Um, Clint came around. He commented on Apple podcast. And this is the guy who originally was like too many impressions. Now we said not enough impressions. I demand at least six imp- <laughs> six per 20 minutes of show or I'll schedule a fight at the bike rack promptly at 3.30. Don't worry, Clint. We're taking care of you. I think, I think oh, one God. thing and one thing only has turned the tide on the impressions. Here she comes. Oh, my God. I know it's me. And then you know what? I'm only here for Squeezer. I loved serving him. You know, frozen pierogies that we poured butter over and heated up with some, you know, onion substitute and served to him every day at lunch. And that was one thing he always got fourths on. And, you know, as lunch ladies, we we let second slide, sometimes turned a blind eye to thirds. But, oh, fourths, we usually put our foot down. With Squeezer, I never could. I never could put my... 
Oh, my foot down on that sweet little boy's dreams of having a fourth serving of dried up pierogies. Squeezer, you were that big of a fan <laughs> of your lunch lady's pierogi? Uh, am I playing the part here or do I go rant on about how disgusting those things really were? Yeah, but did you, you uh, still got force, right? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. You kind of, you have to cut off. So the trick was you had to go back for force because it was kind of like a clam. Like, because the, the pierogi oh itself was God. basically the same texture as a clam shell. Have you, you ever seen? just cut it open to get a little bit of the potato out that was edible. Have you ever seen squeeze a shaka clam hands free or a pierogi? Oh, I went home and fantasized about it all night. Oh, 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 burn. He really knows how to use that tongue. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but he was such a young, sweet boy. What could I do? Our requited love was just, oh, it made the summers hotter, if you know what I mean. But I don't think any day meant as much to both of us as Pizza Fridays. We'd take that giant rectangle... And I was supposed to cut it up evenly, but I always made a big giant square for my little squeezer. Extra pepperonis. <laughs> the inflection. Oh, those pepperonis were larger than my nipples when they were aroused when squeezer was around. Did you know you did that to my nipples, squeezer? Made them aroused? Man, you're laughing, but this is a serious, <laughs> sweet moment between the two of you. And... Oh, I shouldn't be laughing at this. This is horrific. I, uh... <laughs> yeah, she, she what, abused What happens you. if this actually opens something up? Yeah, right. Uh... You keep doing it long enough, I'm going to think it's real. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, it was real, right? To get her the mind and all It right? was real to me, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> it's still real to me. Uh, professional wrestling and the sexual relationship with a child and the lunch line. Goddamn, pal. I'm pretty sure they did all sound like that, though. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, I, I'm the just... best was the one that was actually also my bus driver. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. So, she knew where I lived. The bus driver was a woman, too? Uh, the one, well, I she oh, might have been. Didn't you tell um, me it was Bernadette's twin sister? That's right, I drove the bus for Squeezer. Bernadette had a thing with him, but I knew where he lived, and I gave him rides, if you know what I mean. She looked like Jack Victory. I talked like this, you know, now because I had throat surgery. Back then, I sounded more like, Squeezer, you're late for the bus one more time. I'm making you ride to school on my lap. Is that kind of how she sounded? Yeah, yeah. It was pretty spicy. She was a mean lady, I'll tell you that. You're not going to be able to touch the steering wheel because your hands will be somewhere else if you know Maybe what I she mean. Was just, she was just jealous. Why do you keep paying so much attention to Bernadette? She's just a whore with fucking b b baloney. <laughs> <laughs> She's a baloney whore. <laughs> I've got the school bus. I have the real power. You know they say not to use that back door. I'll let you use it anytime you want, Squeezer. You can use my back door. Anytime. Oh, uh, go to the uh, Daryl and issue writing your own um, 
erotic fan fiction right now. <laughs> oh, uh, hold on, sorry. What they're they're getting turned on in the group chat? Um, as I, I slip off her hairnet and pull off her compression socks. <laughs> oh yeah, don't tell Bernadette. Those are for my diabetes. <laughs> she gives me all the extra dirt pudding. And it really gets my blood sugar going. But not as much as you do, little squeezer. Oh, stop talking to him. He's mine. How many times have I ho told you, Mildred? He likes my cooking. He likes my line duty. duty. And he likes staring at me from his lunch table with those giant, beautiful eyes of his. Uh, two 57-year-old sisters that still live together. <laughs> I give him hoagies. What do you do? Soon he'll be driving his own Bronco and you won't have anything to do with him. <laughs> I'll teach him how to get that Bronco going. Trust me. Oh, oh. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know Christian Bale was playing my lunch. My uh, bus driver. Oh, good for you! Get on the bus. Who do you think you are? That'd be Christian. <laughs> I just woke up the neighborhood. By the way, <laughs> Joe wants to know as Clint. I have. I kind of retired Tiger King, but I guess I'll. I'll do it. Well, so did the studios. So <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Here we go. Delilah. Hey everybody, Delilah here. I'm here to take your requests. Your dedications and your most intimate thoughts. What's the Tiger King's real name? Uh, Joe, uh... Joe Exotic. Wow, remember this time last yeah. year you couldn't yeah. not remember his name? I'm Actually, no, it was probably even over by now. On the line, we have Joe Exotic. Joe, what can we do for you? Who can we yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe Exotic, yeah. give a song to? First of all, motherfucking Delilah, I'd like you to shut the fuck up, because I'm fucking financially fucking ruined. I was a fucking star a year ago, but now these motherfuckers goddamn canceled me. I was already canceled. I'm in fucking prison. My husband shot himself in his big fucking head, and my other husband got teeth and looks like a fucking less handsome Brad fucking pit. <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know what's relevant with Tiger King. I'm sorry. That's about. Uh, yeah. All I got to say is, fuck Carol Baskin and fuck you, Delilah. Can you play me? Uh, what would he re he request? Can't buy me love by the fucking Beatles. Good fucking bye. <laughs> Here's can't buy me love for Joe in Alabama. I don't know. I think I think Mildred and um, Bernadette are are now the. I, the stars I do of the love show. them. They're fantastic. Yeah. Um. Oh, where did the time go? It's, the show's almost over. Wow. <laughs> uh, anything else happened? At least, at least we, you know, we made sure to not even start on the rails. That way, there was no way to get off. Yeah, right. If you don't start on the rails, you can't say you fell yeah, off exactly. said rails. Um, I don't, there was a lot to a lot. I thought we would 
do we want to go over uh, the Ghostbusters trailer? Or wait, there's too we much to unpack to, there. Yeah, we don't have to uh, unpack it. That's for uh, other podcasts unpack things. We, Intelligent. Yeah, we just say it was awesome. We pack and, things uh, on our podcast. Yeah, we don't unpack yes. them. We give you things to go home and unpack here. <laughs> yes, we make you do all the work. Right. I, We're like I, middle management. I liked it, but who's not going to like it? Like, seriously. Yeah. Well, the internet. Yeah. Well, fuck the internet. Um, yeah. No, everything was... Did you watch, though? I, I really do suggest... I'm not one for trailer breakdowns. I did not watch but, it, but... But Jason Reitman actually does it himself. Yeah. I know. I think it was on IGN. I saw it. God damn. But it's um, like 15 minutes uh, of him just doing a director's commentary on his own trailer. Did you see all the toys? Yeah. Yeah. They it kind of reminds me of the uh original line. Yeah, they so they're they're putting out a fright feature uh original 4 and then a fright feature of the new Kid 4 and then they're putting out a plasma series of the Kid 4, I believe, and a plasma series of the original 4 older. And yes, Joe, we are going to see Jungle Cruise at the drive-in. Shankweiler's America's oldest drive-in. And y'all know I'm getting primo hoagies. I'm getting a hoagie. When I go see Jungle Cruise on Friday. Texan Chandra's uh, Jungle Cruise drive-in Friday. Question mark, question mark. Hashtag, hashtag, please. Nice. Yeah, she was, What's playing uh, with it? Some movie called uh, Escape Room. Oh, eh. I mean, we might stay for it, but we don't always stay for the second feature. Yeah, wasn't that the... Uh... I, if I could sit there and, and pound some summer. I thought they already made that movie. I don't know. I'm excited to see Jungle Cruise. I love The Rock. I love me oh, some was, Emily Brunt. Panic Room. Yeah, Panic Room. This is uh, Escape Room. Oh, so it's like backwards. If it was with, playing with Snake Eyes, which I thought would be the logical choice, I would yeah. definitely fucking stay for both pictures because I want to see that Snake Eyes movie. I don't know. I don't, is that like, it's like torture porn? Snake Eyes? No, no, no. Guys, no, uh, uh, not Panic Room, <laughs> could the other be. one. Escape Room. Yeah, Escape Room. It's called uh, Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Oh, yeah, it's just Saw. Oh, is it Saw? Uh, it's just like the other Saw, right? I don't like that shit. I don't like Saw either, but I don't know if it's a... It's a oh, yeah, it's a horror thriller. Oh, yeah. yeah. Probably won't. No, nah, the only one I like like that was Cube. Ah, that's the Darren Aronofsky picture, right? Yeah, it's fucking Canadian. The Canadian production. That was before he did. Um... Uh, din, 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 din. What the fuck was that movie where they all were drug addicts? Requiem. Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think th- I think Q was like his first. Or did, did he real do pie? Am I mistaking pie for cube? No, but he did that too. I don't know if. Well, oh yeah, he might not have done cube. You were so yes. so certain about it that I just yes. Uh, Darren Aronofsky did pie. Uh, Mark Corvin did cube. Okay. Sorry, Mark. Sorry, Mark. Hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. That's showing at Mahoning Valley now that it's saved. Mahoning. Is it really? Yeah, Mahoning. Oh, and, good for them. And the producer's going to be there. The guy, not, Mar- not, uh, not, uh, what's his name, but, uh, 
Not the high mark guy. The the guy played by James Franco's brother is there. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, well, good. That was then clearly it was it was worth saving. Hell yeah, it was. Um, yeah. The room. That's the room. Not cute. The cube. All right. Yes. Um. Anything oh, else and uh, uh, we got to pour one out on the curb. Oh no. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Yes. Earlier today, we lost one. Uh, veteran of the Radgers podcast, uh, Ron Popeil passed away no. at the 86. Man, that's yeah. A Mrs. Life. Squeezer actually just texted me as we were going on air. I was, was kind of heartbroken. Well, I was heartbroken over the weekend when news broke that Yaakov Moshi Hakuin Maza passed away at the age of 93. And that's I'm butchering his Hebrew name to make it sound <laughs> Japanese. But uh, Jackie Mason, he played Rabbi Hyman Krostovsky on The Simpsons, mm-hmm. father of of uh, Krusty the Clown, and he played. What else was he in? Jack Hartoonian in one of the best sequels ever made. <laughs> Jack, may you ever live life as a woman's bicycle seat. <laughs> He, um, Jackie Mason's a funny, and he's really, I mean, I don't know him much in things, but he's really fucking funny in, in, uh, Caddyshack too. Yeah. I'm not gonna, this sounds awful. Uh, I'm not gonna lie. I, when you just told me that, cause I didn't hear that, that he had passed. The first thing that occurred to me was, oh, I thought I didn't know he was still alive. 93, man. Yeah, that when you hit that ninety mark and like they're not family, you just assume they're not around anymore. You know. Yeah, he kind of lost his mind and went full Trumper in the end. Well, that's okay. If yeah, I mean that's fine. Okay. I mean that's if that's what, your political view. You're that's what old people do. It, yeah. 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 Yeah, but but like he was unfortunately had to be uh, eulogized by Sean Hannity. <laughs> I never want that to happen to me. Yeah, and I know. Or Tucker Carlson. Or or to to make it so we're not political. Actually, no, I kinda do. I want to see what or, they say about it. Or Rachel Maddow for that matter. Oh, I'd I'd honestly rather have R- Rachel Maddow will tease so many things about you, but never actually say anything about you. <laughs> She's like, do you know someone who might have had a podcast? Do you know someone? <laughs> I don't know. I can't I don't watch her. I don't no, watch that any was of pretty... them. Be the ball, be the ball. When I come back, I want to be a woman's bicycle. If I wanted to be a piece of sporting equipment, I'd be a woman's bicycle seat. <laughs> even even if even if she said nice things about me, it would still sound like I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. Well, you are. Uh, well, that's true. I mean, that's you're true. a sweet boy. You're a sweet boy. Yeah, I am. Yeah, but, but all they have to but do yeah, is, so all they have to do is dissect this podcast and find out. <laughs> Just play the audio. How horrible we are. Yeah. It's just, because this is literally what we say when uh, we're uh, the mics aren't on. So, anyway. hold on, oh, someone's no. here. Hey, everybody! <laughs> you suck. Hey, Squizzer, I know, I know you don't want to hear from me, all right? I know you don't believe in what I say and what I have to say about the deep state and the politicals of D.C. and the Marks and the pedophiles and the elitists that don't think that anything that I have to say in my viewpoint means anything, Squizzer, but I have to eulogize an American patriot and Jackie Mason. 
he knew that the American runoff water was turning frogs gay. And the elitists and the pedophiles, they want you to know about these gay frogs. They want you to think, oh, if the frog can be gay, I can be gay. If I, I can be gay, why can't everyone be gay? Why can't Timmy down the street be gay? Oh, my God. God calm down, Al Alex. Calm down. Okay. Uh, Al Alex. Yeah. Sorry, Squeezer. Sorry, I kind of lost my head. Thank you. Like I was talking about, we don't want to do distract from the great man who went, left us too young. <laughs> At the young age of 93. Probably killed by Obama himself in his sleep. Because you know Obama hated you. Squeezer, this isn't a secret. I'm telling you right now. Well, I was told. I did not, I did not know that. Um. <laughs> I was told by the same people who told me about the gay frogs that Obama was a big hater of Israel, a big hater of Jews. And he probably killed Jackie Mason asleep. He hated Caddyshack 2, Squeezer. He loved Caddyshack 1. Hated Caddyshack 2. Whoa, I'm whoa. not going to lie to you right now. Listen, Squeezer, if you want to prevent yourself by being killed by Obama in your sleep, you're going to want to go to... Infowars.com, you're going to want to get our beta male Max Obama protector. It's got ground up vampire teeth, juvenile vampire teeth, the ones that protect you against Obama killing you. He cannot get anywhere near the 25 yards. Obama freaks out. Put in the code RAD at checkout for 20% off your order. I guarantee you, good stuff, Squeezer. I got to go. I got to pish. Talk to you later, Squeezer. Ooh, I, man. Uh, those some kind words from Alex Jones, folks. What, Thank you, Alex. What a eulogy. Wow. Uh, I guess now is a better time to get get started. We are talking uh, <laughs> television we watched in our youth. In the summer. In the summer. In the summer. Yeah, summer television. In the we, summer. This isn't in the city. A, a sequel, a threequel, a fourquel, or a fivequel squeezer. This is the first summer television show we've done that we know of. Are you sure? Yeah, we've talked stuff we've watched in the summer, but we never dedicated sh a show specifically to mm, summer television. So we did a show called Shows We Watched in the Summer, but now this <laughs> one's called Television We Watched in the Summer. <laughs> so it's completely original. That's right. But we never did that other show, but I'm adding it to the list. Okay. <laughs> uh, it will be uh, Television We Watched in the Fall. I love when I take a sip of beer and you're just like, is he going to say anything? <laughs> I I don't know. when You're, you're so quiet. When yeah, you I, I pull back. So I, I don't. I don't look at you. Yeah. It's a, it's that. I can't. Cause if I pull back, I just make the chair squeak more. So well, it doesn't that's what, do us any good. I have a new chair. It's sitting in a box. It's been there for about four years. Oh, okay. All right. So who goes first tonight? I forget. Ah, oh, shit. We I think it's you. Over. I think it is me. Yeah. Yeah. So here is Squeezer's first summer television pick. Oh, hold on. Here's Squeezer's first summer television pick. this is oh yeah now if i asked you if I, if i said you are a growing children's television cable network um, pretty much the only game in town uh budget's a little tight you don't have much to work with but you're gonna gamble and launch your own block of uh an hour and a half block of your own animated programming for the first time ever nicktoons 
and I asked you, when is it the ideal time to launch this show? When are you going to go out and go, kids, this is when you're sitting around watching TV. Come on in and sit down and check out these three cartoons. Was it Ren and Stimpy, Rugrats, yep. and Doug? Yes. In, well, in reverse order. It went Doug, Rugrats, Ren, and Stimpy, but sure. <laughs> but would you pick starting at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning in the middle of August? Didn't it start on SNCC? Uh, it moved there. Okay. But Eventually, it... they, 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 moved, they moved some there, but the initial launch, the initial time was uh, Doug aired at 10 a.m., Rugrats at 10.30, and then Ren and Stimpy was 11. Hmm. Uh, and it stayed in on Sundays for a little while. And I thought, that is so weird because it's such an off time, but I think that's the beauty of it. It was yeah. such an off time. There was nothing on at 10.30 on a Sunday morning. You know, it's funny. I just read an article last night about what age their parents actually were. Uh, in Rugrats? Yeah. Did this you... isn't tied into the whole conspiracy theory that they're dead? No, no. This was like making us feel old because... Okay. Oh, oh, I see where you're going with this. Because we see them as old people. And so the mom was 32, and I believe the dad, who is constantly in the midst of an existential breakdown... Uh-huh, was uh-huh. like 34, 36, or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a little old to be at. I mean, I'm not saying that's old to be having a kid. So I was, yeah, I was, what, 32 when I had my first kid? But that seems, 32 seems so young. Like, oh my I know. goodness. <laughs> we found that Mrs. Squeezer found a picture of us from 12 years ago. And there's just these two babies going to a wedding. Oh, was that your wedding? Um, no, not my wedding. No, we've only been married. We're married eight years. It'll be nine. And wait, let me think. October. Something, something. I was there. Wait, 13. You were there. Outback Steakhouse. This will be one. No, this will be eight, I think. Right? Oh, it will yeah, be eight. Sure. This will be eight. But, um, yeah, yeah. That was, uh, shit, that was in 12 years ago. Uh, I don't even what thirty eight minus two. I'm not carry the four. So yeah, I was in my holy shit. I was never forget to in carry my the twenties. I was far from even thinking about having my own little Tommy pickles. Um. Wow. Yeah, that was. Now you have yeah, an Angela and a, a kid, Tommy you pickles. You think that yeah, they're older, but now I haven't watched the Rugrats in a long time. I want to watch that now because I think it's yeah, there's be a new younger one on, than I am. I think there's a new one on Paramount. Yeah, they relaunched it. Um, it was I didn't realize how long it was actually on. So I watched it in its original run uh, for like three seasons. And then it ran in rerun on Nick for, I mean, that's what they did best. You know, they got their money's worth out of it. Uh, and then it was relaunched again, uh, newer episodes in like 90, uh, 97. And it actually ran up through uh, 2004. Um, which I do remember because, you know, they had the movie and stuff, and then they had a the, uh, spinoff series, uh, uh, the All Grown Up. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the whole conspiracy theory came. I think you're the one that even told me about that, like, years ago, that Angelica was a drug addict and the babies were all manifestations of the dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's not true. The, the uh, creator was actually on. Uh, I think it was Arlene Klasky admitted that nuts. No, that's not true. Uh, in, in reality, they were given an opportunity. I guess there were eight shows. This is back in like '88, or it started, where Nickelodeon's like, "All right, we'll give this a try." Um, and they brought in um, uh, it was, uh, Vanessa Coffey, who was a, a producer, uh, an animation producer. She went to was looking to either get out of the business or try something else. She went to Nick, and they're like, no, we're not really interested in um, producing our own stuff. It's too expensive and dangerous. But if you want to go and try to gather some new content or uh, grab a couple series or, you know, just go and get a couple of those toy shows. And I guess she was a producer on all those cartoons that we love and adore, like, you know, all the ones that are based off action figures. And her, like, mantra after that was... I'm not doing toy commercials anymore. I want to do original content that's based on good animation and writing. Mm -hmm. And so they put a call out in LA and they had a bunch of people come in. And from my understanding is Rugrats was the least polished out of all of them. Like they had a couple pictures and the, basically the idea was they went through all their pitches and at the end he goes, look, it's a room full of dumb little babies. But as soon as the grownups leave the room, they're highly competent and can converse with each other and go on adventures. And like, all right, let's make it. And that was basically the pitch to Rugrats, uh, which really became the anchor for Nickelodeon. I mean, like, sure, Doug uh, was popular, and uh, Ren and Stimpy was, but it was also very divisive. Like, I loved Ren and Stimpy, mm. but it wasn't something. So my sister loved Rugrats, and I loved Rugrats, too. Yeah, my um, sister had the Rugrats my, game for PlayStation. Yeah, but my mom loved Rugrats. She thought it was adorable. She hated, can you believe this? My mom hated Ren and Stimpy. Really? Yeah, can you believe it? The same one that wouldn't let me watch Pee Wee. She wouldn't let me watch Ren and mm -hmm. Stimpy. Um, she also turned off The Simpsons and cut me off from that for a while, too. Hmm. That was when Rod and Todd were fighting over a pixie stick. She's <laughs> like, this is a bad influence on you. Um... So, yeah, I would kind of, like, watch Ren and Stimpy, like, on the DL when, you know, no one was around. But, uh, yeah, Rugrats was huge in our house. Um, that was our probably most watched. Because it was one of those ones you can all watch together. And my mom enjoyed it. And it was that time on Sundays, my dad being a NASCAR fan, up until, like, you know, 11 o'clock, you have a chance. But then, like, pre-race coverage comes on. And the like, then he took over the TV for the rest of the day, and for like seven hours, you had cars driving around in circles on your TV, which I liked for a while. But sometimes I just wanted to watch cartoons. Yeah, yeah, that's enough, Dad. Yeah, but yeah, no. It, it turns out I really think Sunday was a great time slot because Saturdays you have to compete with all those network cartoons, right? Um. But Sundays, all those networks are running their morning shows. You know, so do you have nothing? There's nothing else for kids. So have at it. You know, and unless you go, you know. With well, a USA program, the Cartoon Express. USA. Sunday, yeah. It's the Cartoon Express. Yeah. Yeah. Ish uh, says he didn't like the animation on Rugrats. And it's not. It's very much a personal 
taste thing. I could see that. And they even admit that. It's very personal to them, the creators. Like, they were... They purposely... They admit, like, people think it's ugly or don't like it. We think it's beautiful. And it, you know, adheres to their tastes and is kind of out of the box. I think it was really their attempt to get away from what they said were the Hasbro cartoons. Mm, gotcha. So they were trying to get away from that. That that was their big push there. Well, uh, that's a good first start to summer television viewing. Mine's a little jockish squeezer. We're going to go towards Whoa. what I was obsessed with in the spring and summer of Can we talk about Michael Jordan and the 96 Bulls squeezer? Sure. I was obsessed. I left. I believe I was eighth in the ninth grade that year. I left eighth grade that year. I had the Jordan 11s, the breads, that, which were black with the red bottom. I had the shorts, the 91 Rodman jersey in black, the Jordan jersey in black. The Jordan jersey in red. I was the biggest 90s. I mean, who wasn't? Who? I mean, the 96 Bulls were so much fun. Yeah, I didn't even watch basketball. Like, it wasn't my thing. I had no interest in it whatsoever. But, yeah, I was a huge fan. Growing up it, in, it was, in yeah, the 90s, it was, I was obsessed with basketball. It was probably my favorite sport. Like, it, 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 it was bigger to me than baseball and football. I would be outside shooting hoops constantly. And then I would go inside and watch every basketball game. I watched TNT and every game I could get my hands on. Prism. And I loved watching the Bulls. So there's a, we have to go back to 93, 94 to get here. I'm not trying to go all Space Jam original on you. That's fine. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but um, Jordan decided to retire. Uh, I guess his, his dad passed away. Because uh, he pulled over on the side of the road to take a nap, and he got mugged and killed. And his dad always wanted him to play baseball, apparently. So he announced his retirement on October 6, 1993, and said he's going to try to play uh, baseball. So, hold on, I'm going to take a sip of this delicious beer. Go right ahead. And I will sit here quietly until you're done. Wet my whistle. So he went on to... Uh, uh, joined the White Sox system, the Chicago White Sox, and he was in the minor leagues. 
And I have a good story. Our current manager, Gary Jones, for the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, was a manager for the Huntsville Stars, I believe, in Double A, and they were playing um, World Series champion Gary Jones. Yeah, he won a World Series with the Cubs um, mm-hmm. as a third base coach. So they're playing the Birmingham Barons, and I believe the Birmingham Barons might now be the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Uh, no, different town in Alabama. Um, so he was playing there and, uh, Jordan was, uh, on base and he, they're winning by nine runs against the Huntsville stars and he was on second base and he stole third base up nine runs. And that's something you just don't do in (laughs) baseball. There's like all these unwritten rules of baseball, things you don't do. In basketball, you never let let up the gas because the the lead could, the lead can change like that. In baseball, you don't steal third base up nine runs in like the ninth inning. So like he he got back to the dugout and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing, dude?" And he's like, "What? What do you what do you mean?" He's like, "They're gonna throw at you tomorrow." He's like, "What do you mean they're gonna throw at you?" He's like, "You stole third base with a nine run lead in like the fucking eighth inning. They're gonna throw a baseball at you." So he's like, "Oh." Fuck. So he went to Gary Jones, and Gary's like, hey, Gary, man, talk to the guys. Tell them, not, I'm sorry, I didn't know. In basketball, we never let out the gas. I didn't know. Uh, if they don't throw at me, I'll sign anything they want. I'll sign anything for anybody. And he did. He signed anything for everybody in the, uh, on the team. And they didn't. They they thankfully did not throw at him. But uh, that was a great story from, from Gary, who was man- he got manager of the year, that double-A manager of the year that year. Yeah, Huntsville Stars. Jordan would uh, realize he made a mistake, and then <laughs> uh, the Bulls with the fifty-five twenty-seven record without Jordan, which is pretty good. Uh, but not what they were. Uh, Was that ninety-four? The ninety-three-ninety-four. They were fifty-five and twenty-seven. But they lost to the Knicks in the second round of the playoffs in ninety four ninety five. Then Knicks lost to Houston. They were yes, they were nobody. They were barely making the playoffs thirty one and thirty one, and mid March yes. Jordan returned. He said, "I'm back." Rejoined the team in March of ninety five. Um, because the the Major League Baseball is on the verge of a strike. And uh, he just said, I'm back. And he came back wearing number 45. That was a big deal. <laughs> He's wearing the Jordan 11s, 45 in the back. Um, it had the highest Nielsen rating of any regular season NBA game since 1975. Damn. When there was nothing else on. Uh-huh. Uh, he was gone from the NBA for 18 months, but he still came back. And was insanely good. Uh, they lost to Orlando that year, though. Shaquille O'Neal. He was not happy about that. He spent the entire offseason, 95-96, training aggressively. They signed Dennis Rodman from the Spurs. And they fucking dominated. They started the season, squeezer. They lost three games. How many did they win before they lost again? 
said so I'm gonna I'm gonna sound smart here and guess nine. Forty one. Forty one. Damn, I was even gonna say like thirty nine. Forty one and three they started the season. They, God damn. They finished with the best regular season after forty one and three, with the best regular season in NBA history, seventy two and ten, which was later broken by the fifteen sixteen Golden State Warriors. Jordan led the league in scoring with thirty point four points per game. Like you heard in that clip, he won the league's regular season MVP and the All Star Game MVP. And then when they beat the Sean Kemp and Gary Payton, who were playing. At the top of their game for the Seattle Supersonics, they beat him in six games. In the sixth game, easily, they beat them. He won the MVP for the playoffs, too. They only lost three games in four series. They beat the Heat 3-0. They beat the Knicks 4-1. They beat the Magic 4-0. And then they lost. They they, they beat the uh, Seattle Supersonics 4-2. So out of four series... They lost three games. They swept the Heat, lost one to the Knicks, swept the Magic, and lost two to the Sonic. That's how good the Sonic were that year. And they won their fourth championship. Damn. Insane. Uh, It's famous for Jordan clutching the basketball, uh, the game ball, and then crying on the locker room floor. (laughs) You can find that clip on YouTube. You can watch the whole game uh, six on YouTube. whole game's on there. No. Um, crazy season. Then uh, Space Jam came out. Um, kind of depicting the story I just told you. But, I mean, the 96 Bulls are often considered the best team in the history of basketball. They made me watch. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I was a big fan. I loved it. And I did not care at all about basketball. Oh, I'll, I, Joe, I won't play the NBA on NBC theme. I'll, I'll just sing it to you. I'm feeling so good today. Scrubs. That was John Tesh, right? Yeah. I remember he was on, was it Conan? Yes, I think he was he was on and he he played it. Yeah, Conan did a lot with the yeah. NBA on NBC theme. Yeah. All right, Squeezer. Here's your second summer television pick. This is the this is the, probably the most sportsy show I think we've ever uh, we're ever gonna do. Well, we did a whole show on baseball, but it really wasn't about. Yeah, baseball. but it had nothing to do about baseball. Right, here it is. Come on, pitchers, break them out. There are a few defining moments in life that set you on a certain path. No better, no better. Memorable, emotional, remarkable. For these kids, this will be one of those moments. The Little League World Series, Saturday 4.30, Sunday 6.30 Eastern on ABC. Never watched it before. Never will watch it in the future. I never watched the Little League World Series. Really? Never. Oh, it was... uh... It, it was gospel in, in my with my grandfather at their house. Like if if I was with them in the summer, uh, we would always watch it. I would look forward to it every year. I would sit there and just watch Little League World Series with them. Dirk. Uh, and I I think it would call me a dork. No, I said Dirk. Dirk. Oh yeah, 
Yeah, Dirk's been running yeah. camera for the Little, Little League World Series before Bruce Pritchard was talking about him on his goddamn podcast. Yeah, so it was probably he was probably working those games back then, you know. But um, yeah, it was because we used to. So my aunt and uncle used to live up in Williamsport. He was a golf pro up there at one of the courses, and we go and visit from time to time. And we would go up in the summer a lot. Oh, that's and where you would, got that action figure, right? Uh, yes, I got my Rambo action yes. figure at the uh, fuck. What is it? Uh, start. It's three letters. Uh, AMC. Or it's no, or it's not three letters, or it's something else. Hills. 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 There you go. Four letters. Hills. Five is letters. Where the toys five. are. Five letters. Jesus. I have a Hills candle Oof. right here that smells like the snack bar. It's cherry and like popcorn. Ooh. That's pleasant. It's Hills is Where the Toys Are, 2018 Special Edition. Uh, can't it smell, It's supposed to smell like the Hills snack bar. Huh. I never burned. I don't remember what the Hills snack bar really smells like. Well, the candle smells like cherry Slurpees and uh, popcorn. Oh, well, that's a positive smell. Yeah, so that's pro- that's mo- that's what the Bradley's snack stand smelled like. So uh, uh, fair enough. Yeah, so yeah. I guess they're all but clover snack stand. Yeah, clover might have a little more must to it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we would. So we would go Should up there. So him. I kind of got a taste for it because we would go to games, uh, which is was a really cool experience, and like sit up on the on the berm there, and, and watch. Uh, and me feigning interest from time to time and me either at a younger or same age as these kids playing and me having no athletic ability whatsoever um and then watching them on TV and it it's um like as a kid I don't know it was cool it was different than me I didn't I wasn't a huge sports fan as a kid, I watched what my dad. My dad wasn't a big, uh, big sports guy, like, he, it, it, but he was. He, he was, but hockey, he wasn't. Right? Like, he knew everything. Like, if you put him on like a sports Jeopardy show, kind of, what, was that what it was called? Yeah. Uh, he would he would clean house, but I never saw him actually watch it. But he loved hockey. Like he was at every Phantom game. Oh, oh, he loved. He fucking loved hockey. Yeah. He loved hockey loved and hockey. NASCAR. Right? Like a huge Flyers fan. Yeah. Like every little detail uh see when i when you say your dad was my dad doesn't like today he'll pretend to like sports he doesn't know how sports are played like that there's a clear difference between you're like my dad didn't like sports and my dad didn't like sports my Hmm. dad liked radios (laughs) ah okay right he like he was so weirded out by the fact that i love sports he did not like sports play sports or understand sports uh, Lane, uh, you want to throw ball, huh? The Vikings are, uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, th- I think he was kind of almost, like, bored with baseball and football. Like, he could probably rattle off a score to a game or an event from, you know, when he was growing up. You know, in the 60s, 70s. Like, that's when he cared. He didn't even, like, through the 80s. And then, I don't know, he probably just... He definitely fell into racing more in the, in the early 90s as it got more popular there. Probably because it involved smoking and drinking so much. So it's like, all right, I need a new sport. Well, here are your two favorite hobbies, and we're going to like make them a sport. 
Like, oh, okay. So I think that's why I went that route. But still loved hockey. Football, I, that was the one thing. We never, I was the only one in our house that watched football. I've never sat and watched a football game with him before. Me too. Um, I watch football. Baseball. But the whole family rallied around me like, Ryan's watching football. The Vikings are doing something important. <laughs> they're, they're all like sitting back, like huddled. Yeah, that's like, exactly what they were. Shoulders, yeah. Watching you stare at the and, TV. And like, we'd watch like guys. the Super Bowl and like the Super And I was like the only one. I'd be like explaining how the, what's happening in the game to the rest of the family. <laughs> and uh uh, but yeah, they were like, "Oh, Ryan's watching football, and I think his Vikings team is doing something important." So he made a promise to me when I was a kid. We were in his Bronco that if the Vikings ever made the World Series, I'm sorry. <laughs> I no, I don't, no, let it go because I can almost I'm, see him I'm saying sh- that. the World Series, the Super Bowl. Uh, he'd take me, and I was nine years old when he made that promise. They have yet to get there. <laughs> But I keep calling him out. I'm like, Vikings got close this year, Jeffrey. I hope you got your money ready to get me tickets to the World Series. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good one. Like, that's seven games, remember. <laughs> it's like the whole fucking season. Uh, yeah, Ish, you're right. Yeah. So we, I've never watched a game with him. But you could sit and watch. Wide World of Sports reels. and ABC. Yeah. Wide World of well, Sports or eventually, like, NFL films. Like. Like he loved like the thirty for thirties and the E sixties and stuff like that was right up his alley. Oh yeah, games were on WGN too. Yeah, yeah. It, he he wanted he wanted he wanted the the story, the history, the drama. He didn't care about the game. We uh, I told you how I got into the Vikings. I'll tell the story again. We had so we had HBO growing up, and they used to play the NFL films of with Harry Callis not, uh, narrating and i already loved harry uh, harry k the voice of the phillies narrating the purple people leaders of the frozen tundra and Minnesota. okay the frozen tundra wasn't just fucking where the fuck did the packers play lambo lambo wasn't just lambo field it wasn't just zambo field it was also in minnesota at one point they take the frozen field and the leading of Fran Tarkenton to another Super Bowl against the Raiders. I'm like, the purple people eaters, the Vikings, and they're so good. This is my fucking team. Little did I know, it was like 1977. <laughs> <laughs> they're so good. It was like 1987. It was like 10 years ago. And I'm like, and we're, so we are at Unclaimed Freight Squeezer down by our office mm-hmm. and they had a rack of like nfl jerseys for kids mom's like ryan you like you're the only one in this family likes football we should get you one of these jerseys what's your team uh, by the way it, the furniture store well you know it's a furniture store and and things and yeah yeah and things and a rack but, of yeah it, it's not like you went to like target or something it, it's there it's was no target store. there was no target i know i know went to unclaimed freight it's a furniture store it's like a big lots, but mainly furniture. But yeah. they'll have other stuff. So they had a rack of uh, NFL licensed kids' jerseys. And they were just like a mirrored logo of the team on each other. You could see a pic. I have a picture of me wearing my first Viking shirt. It's like, oh, Ryan, you like f- you're like you the only one in this house who likes football. We should get you one of these. What's, what's your team again? I'm like, the Vikings. She's like, the fucking Vikings? The Minnesota Vikings? So it turned into years of her chasing down like Minnesota Vikings like 
ha- like starter fitted hats and starter jackets and and just fucking random Vikings t-shirts and shit. And, and that was tough then because it wasn't like now. There was like, no it, internet. Like, yeah, the stores no. were stores were local. Like right. they sold your local team shit. And that was it. So there was this store over by where Dix is now, Giant Dix. Mm-hmm. Yep. If you sir, if you Google Giant Dix and see that sign of the giant food store in Dix, that actually existed. Uh, my where, my bus drove by it every day when I was in the fifth grade. Right, but Dix or Giant, were, well, Giant was there, but Dix wasn't there yet. It it was the most epic. Th- Imagine being in fifth grade and you just drive by a sign that says Giant Dix yeah. every day on your way to and from school. Well, Gi- Dix wasn't there yet when you were in fifth grade. All right, maybe sixth grade. No, Dix didn't come until uh, like the late nineties, early two thousands. Right, seventh grade. Okay, I don't know. I wasn't. I was in the bus, yeah. and I, I was an immature ass. So, so it was our first Walmart in there. But there was a there was a sports sh- shop there, privately owned, and he had the lead on Vikings starter jackets. So that's where we go. Get you didn't that. just go to Burlington Coat Factory. They might have had one that was in an off size. Yeah, but then I'd get like a bucket of blood thrown on me after I walked out of there. First murder. It's plastic. I know, but it's a Michael <laughs> Scott joke, okay? Yeah. Uh, this jacket, this jacket's gonna kill a lot more wildlife when it gets thrown in a dumpster versus one fox. <laughs> All right, uh, shall we move on? Uh, sure. My next clip's long, but I want you to listen to the whole thing and appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that chick seems like, you know, like like he'd be pretty friendly, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like like he just Walk up to her and say, "Hey, uh, uh, my name's Beavis. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> maybe you'd like to, you know, maybe like we could go, you know, <laughs> we could." <laughs> <laughs> this thing's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that chick seems like like she's pretty cool. <laughs> that was to prove a point. That one. Be- <laughs> hey, Schmuffin. Hey, Schmuffin. Oh, hi. Uncle squeezes a sigh. Hey. She's just doing laps. She's not saying hi. Aw. Since where she runs in, she'll like walk by she'll like walk by her hand to pet herself. And then she'll just like run away. So uh in March of ninety three, Beavis and Butthead took the world by storm. But the best part of Beavis, Beavis and Butthead, which isn't in the DVDs if you get it, is when they like commented on music videos. You have to watch that on YouTube. YouTube has fucking everything. Uh I found this article in uh Sunday, July 11th, 1993, the Waterloo, Iowa Courier Entertainment. Uh, but the article is from Howard Rosenberg of the Los Angeles Time. He writes, Beavis and Butthead, another blow to culture. <laughs> <laughs> Two dudes, in parentheses, a dude is somebody good, right? Have entered my life. I heard of them, heard the phrase and adulation. The, uh, it took me, that was a hard one. The tall tales of Lou. That was good. That was good. Thank you. Destructive and uproariously moronic antics 
but was slow to tune in myself. When I did, though, it was all at first sight. A whiff of bracing aroma as if someone had opened a window and let in a breath of fresh gas. Instantly, as if my crusty, middle-aged animal responses had been liberated from dormancy, I was reborn, seduced by, hooked on, addicted to MTV's sub-death. Those twin cabbages of stupidity. <laughs> Beavis and Butthead. Now he writes uh, quotes from them. Butthead, and I quote, I wish I had a face on my butt. You could blow your nose in your underwear. <laughs> Beavis. <laughs> you want it in a hanky. <laughs> Parents, do you know what your kids are watching in the early evening? It could be Beavis and Butthead. A largely animated half hour that MTV airs weeknights. The creation of 30-year-old Texan Mike Judge, who supplies both their voices, Beavis and Butthead makes those wusses Wayne and Gar sound like a couple of highbrow Voltaire dudes. It's no quick quirk that since premiering two weeks in March and returning full-time in May, Beavis and Butthead become the most popular show on MTV. And I remember May, a summer of 1993, I snuck and watched every single second that I could of Beavis and Butthead. I was fully fucking obsessed. Mm -hmm. Although the character's coarseness is matched only by somehow appropriate crudeness of Judge's rudimentary animation, Beavis and Butthead are simply too exquisitely absurd and V-A-C-U Vacuous? Vacuous to be resisted. Vacuous. It's a tough one. (laughs) Beavis, the one in the Metallica t-shirt, has a blonde pompadour, vacant reptilian eyes, and grinding predatory teeth. (laughs) Butthead, the one in the ACDC t-shirt, has beady eyes about an inch apart, enormous nostrils, and a battering ram of a head beneath a tall glob of dark hair. When not frustrating their high school handlers with their uh, idiocy, causing havoc in various part-time jobs, Referring to their genitalia revealing in the flatulence or uh, TV, uh, regurgitating TV commercial jingles, these perfectly matched logs mostly sit around watching and commentating on old MTV videos, laughing at their own incredibly urbane and cerebral humor. Some samples of their voice over wit, wisdom, and music criticism of Beavs and Butthead. I hate words. What the hell is this crap? This guy sucks. These guys got no future. These guys are cool. Animation is cool. You think these guys sleep in separate beds. <laughs> this is college music. College music sucks. Art sucks. I don't like things that suck. <laughs> Since Beavis and Butthead Beavis and Butthead isms have to be experienced to be fully comprehended. For example, there is Beavis's response to cross dressing rocker. That's one of those transformers. <laughs> Or his instinctive mooning of a gyrating female, female instinctive mooning of gyrating female rockers, or the irony of Beavis and Butthead spewing invectives at a video starring Amy Grant, a wholesome Christian music star, attempting to go mainstream. Beavis, what a bunch of crap! <laughs> Butted, is this a Clarisol commercial? <laughs> Beavis, this is stupid. <laughs> Yeah, and it sucks too. 
Because they neither think nor read, Beavis and Butthead are refreshingly unburdened by knowledge unrelated to heavy metal. How utterly pretentious are they? Here they are watching a costume rapper wearing an 18th century style wig. Butthead, who's dressed up like a dude on the dollar. <laughs> Here they are demonstrating their knowledge of Roman numerals. Beavis, have you seen that movie Rocky V? <laughs> Butthead, <laughs> yeah, it's not as cool as Rocky V. I'm, do- I'm mixing. Have you seen that movie Rocky V? Butthead, yeah, it's not as cool as Rocky V, though. <laughs> Here they are in class quizzed by their Spanish teacher. Teacher pointing at a a large language card and says, Juan S. Alto, beside the picture of a man. Senior Butthead, Como S. Juan, the clueless Butthead. Uh, uh, burritos? (laughs) Teacher, no, 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 no. Como S. Juan, Butthead. (laughs) Uh, guacamole? Teacher, no, 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 Senor Beavis. Como S. Juan, Beavis. Uh, (laughs) Spaghetti? (laughs) Uh, this is like a, I thought this was a bad review. This is a, a glowing it, review. It really is. It, it's not just a glowing review. It understands it. Right. It understands how genius this show was. Genius this show is. Like, it, like because if you just look at it as, oh, it's just dumb humor. Right. Then you don't get the context of it. Beyond some spectacular yucks at the expense of the two unlit candles, what does any of this mean, and what is Beavis and Butthead conveying to young viewers? There's no telling. In one segment, a farmer hires Beavis and Butthead to paint and tri- the trim on his house. As soon as he leaves, they fight over the paint thinner, and after sniffing themselves into a stupor, <laughs> give the house a paint job that can only be described as surreal. This is accompanied on screen by a printed warning, breathing paint thinner will, thinner will damage your brain. Look what it's done to Beavis and Butthead. It's not easy defining the appeal of the slab of uh, uniquely outrageous television. Its logic is its laughs. Just as antisocial teens Beavis and Butthead immerse themselves in television, however, you envision real-life Beavises and Buttheads mindlessly planted in front of the set watching them. It's not comforting. It's not a comforting picture. Nor is it the likelihood that Beavis and Butthead, even with all their extravagantly funny hyper- hyperbole, may represent a larger segment of reality than most of us would like to admit. That was by Howard Rosenberg of the LA Times. Well put. And that's how I spent my summer watching Beavis and Butthead. Yeah, sneaking away. And then, oh, the one time, though. We went to my aunt and uncle's, the ones that were up in Williamsport. They moved down our way. My aunt was a lot younger. Um, so she was probably like in her, she's probably like 30 something. So she was like the cool aunt. And she would let us just watch it. She's like, ah, fuck it. Have fun. Cool aunts so, are the best. Yeah, I would just get to sit there and watch them there. Now, um,. They also had an article in the New York Times, rude, crude cartoon teens laugh their way to the top of MTV ratings. And there's a quote from Abby Turkiel, MTV senior vice president. She says, I think they're popular because they're politically incorrect. Ugh. Mm-hmm. How? Uh, what a shallow view of your own program. Mm hmm. 
Now in the theaters, we could have watched Son-in-Law, the re-release of Snow White, Dennis the Menace, which I did see in the theaters, Rookie of the Year, Dave, another great movie, Last Action I didn't, Hero. I'm not going to lie. I did not like that Dennis the Menace movie. Oh, I love that movie. No, because my, see, my Dennis the Menace movie was the ABC made-for-TV movie, Dennis the Menace and the Dinosaur We Hunter. did talk about this. Jurassic, yes, we did. Jurassic Park was out, which we, Enchantress and I, just watched the movies that made us on Jurassic Park. We learned. I learned. I thought I knew everything on Jurassic Park. I learned something. Learned some stuff. What'd you learn? You'll have to watch it. Oh, all right. It's just yeah. about like the animation and how the how the movie got like went from stop motion with digital effects making motion blur to make stop motion look more real and not so real mm-hmm. to them actually making it straight. You know, CGI. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, in the line of fire, sleepless in Seattle, the firm. Oh, that was just on in the uh, lunchroom yesterday. Uh, Weekend at Bernie's two, cliffhanger, sidekicks, dragon, the Bruce Lee story, hot shots part two. I remember this summer. This is the summer we had. By the way, this is why I watched Beavis and Butthead because. Uh, uh, I was going to say Jaime Escalante, but that was the guy from Send and Deliver. Uh, Javier Beltran Fernandez uh, allowed my parents to let me watch Beavis and Butthead. That was the summer we had our Spanish uh, intern. Or not intern. Ah, yeah. <laughs> he was an intern. <laughs> Your intern. intern. <laughs> a Spanish exchange student. <laughs> and it wasn't Jaime Escalante. That's what I almost said. It was uh, uh, Javier Beltran Fernandez. This was that summer, yeah. That doesn't sound real. Yeah. We saw uh, Hot Shots Part 2 in uh, the Whitehall Cinema, the, the second run, Grape Street. Oh, nice. All right, Squeezer. Here is your third pick. Oh, hold on. I keep forgetting to pot up the fader. That's been going on down below as uh, the... Uh, the presumed uh, vehicle of O.J. Simpson is still traveling very slowly northbound along the 5 freeway, uh, coming up again towards the 91 intersection. At that point, we'll just have to wait and see which way he's going to go. But uh, at this point, it's uh, still a fairly laid-back situation, a dangerous situation at the same time, because, again, the, uh, the highway patrol does not want to intimidate and I repeat, do not want to intimidate this vehicle into doing anything that uh, they really don't want him to do. And th- the main thing is to get him pulled over as safely as possible. And there's only a couple ways that'll happen. One is him just pulling over and or running out of gas. So at this point, we can only pray that uh, they'll be able to pull this off in a safe measure. We can only pray. Nah, we can only pray. You know that asshole wants that thing to go up in flames. He's a TV reporter. He doesn't want it to end peacefully. Bleeds it he leads. Blood, fire, fire. Yeah. If it bleeds, it leads. No, it was the absolute. Uh, the ending was it was the most anticlimactic ending to any anything ever. But it's all about the journey now, isn't it? Um, yeah, he just pulled This might have right? been. What's up? What was that? He just pulled over, right? Uh, he Well, he pulled into his. Uh, he got home. <laughs> he made it home. And then he went inside and like came out like an hour later and then went to jail. Um if the Gulf War was like the the birth of uh 
cable news, the OJ chase was, it was like it's baptism. Like, this is it. Now, or it's circumcision. Or it's, it's uh, what's the one with the... the uh, uh, confirmation? The, 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 confirmation, or the I was trying to think of the Jewish version of it. What's that, what's that one? Uh, bar Mitzvah. Uh, bar Mitzvah. It's, it's Bar Mitzvah. Yeah. There we go. It became yeah, a man. Today, uh, cable TV became a man. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so much so that even channels that didn't, you know, didn't do news cut in their sister. Like, a lot of those networks are tied to, you know, your bigger networks that have a news outlet. And even those cable channels were running the OJ chase instead of the regular programming. Uh, this is a very heavy basketball show. The, you know why I knew the Houston Rockets beat the Knicks in the NBA Finals? Why? Because Game 5 of the NBA Finals took place on June 17th of uh, 1994. Goddamn, and, and it is the most surreal broadcast of sports ever because they're in the game midway into the game NBC cuts out of the game just cold cut out and they go to Tom Brokaw calling the OJ chase for like 45 seconds just like hey here we are here's an update OJ's running from the cops in the white Bronco and in the white Bronco Al Callens is driving um, was it? And uh, Al Callens? Yeah. I thought it was uh, Cato. No, no. Cato was like hanging out at the uh, uh, the pool house. Okay. No, Al, Al was driving. It was Al's Bronco. He then hmm. sold it to uh, one of those like celebrity uh, uh, merchandise, like car and like uh, prop companies for like, a shit ton of money. Um. And they go back to the game. And they're at the game for a little bit. And meanwhile, you know, NBC execs are looking around. It's like every goddamn network, every cable station is running this OJ thing. You know, like the family channels got it on for God's sake. And we're running, we're game five of the NBA finals. Who cares? Mm -hmm. So <laughs> they cut this, in. Jordan's not in it, so who cares? Exactly. Mm -hmm. uh, they cut in. And they go, they, they do like a split screen, and then they do a picture-in-picture picture with the chase in the game. Now, if you were watching the NBA Finals, you think, all right, that's our main program. We'll keep you up to date with what the OJ chase was. No, no, no. The OJ chase wasn't in the little box that if something happened, we will get to it. And you can keep an eye on it while you watch basketball and hear the call. No, no. They, they put the basketball game in the small box, completely cut off the broadcast team so what? you don't actually even hear the game. Was Barry directing this? He <laughs> uh, might have been. Put the game in the small box, put the chase on the main program, and then Tom Brokaw comes on and is doing play-by-play -play of the Bronco chase. Meanwhile, game five of the NBA finals is taking place in silence in picture in picture. 
Oh, okay. And I remember watching it that way as well because I started just flipping through. So I remember my mom told me stories. I always remember her remembering when Kennedy was assassinated. She had been home from school. She was out playing in the backyard. And my grandmother comes out crying, telling her, come inside. The president's been shot. Blah, blah. I remember my mom. I'm out in the backyard playing. Now it's late. It's like uh, it's like evening now here. It was like uh, like seven o'clock their time, uh, or no five o'clock their time. So it was like seven or eight. I don't know. It was after dinner. It was wasn't dark enough yet. So eleven year old me is out playing in the backyard. My mom comes out and gets me. It's like you have to get in here and watch this. OJ's in a, in a like high speed chase. Not, not realizing what a high speed chase is, but she's like. OJ's on the run. Now, for me, I wasn't really paying attention to the news at the time because this was like everyone knew like this was a thing coming, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, the murder happened, like like back in June. He was charged, or he was he was a suspect. He like went to Chicago. There was a whole thing going back. He came back. Then throughout the day, all day. There were, uh, uh, he was supposed to turn himself in. Then there was a suicide note. Then he was missing. And then that's when the chase doesn't really pick up on national TV until he calls 911 and they're able to track his phone down onto the high and find him on the highway. And that's when it really picks up is in, uh, late afternoon, LA time, uh, evening out east. And I remember her coming out and telling me, get inside, watch this. And I drop whatever the hell I'm. I was literally playing with myself out back, and not in that kind of way, but hmm. like just being eleven and just playing in the backyard, amusing myself, um, innocently. I come in and I am now just glued to the TV, and and just watching this take place. And it's the most mundane thing. It's a thirty mile an hour car chase. I'm like, oh, that is cool. You got a Bronco, you know? Yeah, my one, my dad cool. had a Bronco too at the time. Yeah. Full size green um, and uh, oh, beige. Nice. Well, we had a, we had a Bronco too. It was the uh, compact version. No, this was a full size Bronco. Uh, um, and his and I I spent his coworker had a white one too. Uh, Jim Davidic, and it was hysterical. We thought it was hysterical. <laughs> um, so yeah, I spent all night staying up late because it's summer now. I've been home from school for a couple <laughs> days, really, and. Now you can stay up late all night, and this was the thing to watch. You're watching the chase, and then you'd sit there, and for like an hour, he's just sitting in his house um, until Robert Kardashian showed up and talked him out, and he came out, surrendered to police, and walked away. Um, but I, I remember watching, flipping through, just seeing, because it wasn't exactly like, oh my god, something's going to happen now. So you can change a channel. So I was like just flipping through channels. And I remember one of the times I would put on the NBA final because it was just on in the corner because it was actually something else to watch because it wasn't the most exciting thing to see. So it was kind of nice having two shows to watch at the one time at the same time. But it was very odd to watch. Right. Uh, And it really is. uh, I. it, It is a keystone in the unhealthy relationship that we have with media now. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It, 
There was definitely a uh, bar mitzvah of <laughs> shitty, shitty television, to say the least. All right. Um, moving on. I think it's time to... Oh, okay. So uh, there's been requests on our group chat. If you want to get in on the group chat, slide in my DMs on Instagram, <laughs> the rad years. Uh, I was asked by Clint to do Owen Wilson talking about butt play squeezer. Ew. Yeah. Well, David E. I know. I know E. Rock doesn't want to hear it, but uh, before I do that, I just want to give a couple shout outs, Squeezer. Our uh-huh. our boy Joe Brewer. He uh, is doing a Ragbrea, uh, which is a four hundred fifty five four hundred fifty four mile bike ride. Last I checked in with him, he was 133 miles through it, listening to only us, this poor bastard. Oh, God, that's got to be painful. And he asked for a Vince McMahon one more time on this week's podcast. I guess right, cheering him on. Hey, <clears throat> hey, pal. Masochist. I hear you got 454 miles to go. <clears throat> Hold on. <clears throat> hey, hey, pal. I heard you. Hey, pal. I already got 400 more miles to go, and you're only 133 in. Oh, you're going to need to get in the gas, pal. Oh, my God. And look at you in that tight shirt. You're so fucking dry. Oh, you need oil to show those muscles. Show that fucking vascularity. (laughs) Oh, good God. You're going to do it, pal. Oh, yeah. What a maneuver. Uh, that was for Joe. Good luck. We're, we're thinking of you. We want you to finish. Uh, and our buddy Matt, our Crip Sleeper, a long-time listener, he, uh, he's getting a big surgery. He's been having ankle issues. He's one of our guys. He was driving trucks, Weezer, when we put out like our first six episodes, and he listened to them over and over while he was driving a truck. He's OG rad years. Remember, mm-hmm. Matt was listening to those? Yeah. So Matt's uh, been having ankle issues, and he finally he's gonna get his leg amputated, which is a big, yeah. But it's gonna take away a lot of the pain that he's been suffering. So hopefully it's a good thing. Positive vibes from Matt, Crip Sleeper on Instagram. He's a hell of a dude, hell of an artist, uh, and we love you, man. We're thinking of you when you're going through this shit. So. Um, get better and uh here's my even though my voice is gone from alex jones earlier and and everything else i'm gonna try to do owen wilson talking about play (laughs) (laughs) wow i mean do you think hold on i mean i could i could ride a jet ski i don't know i mean I, i if if it's butt play, wow! I just it's crazy. It's crazy. Do you do you think it could be like he puts a finger in my? I, wow! Hey, hey, buddy, buddy, buddy! No, I can't. I can't do. It. That's I. I when I my voice is like almost gone, squeezer, so I can't do it. <laughs> I'll try. I'm sorry, guys. I'll let you down. It's just saying, wow. I, I, I don't know. I, I I don't know if I could do it, buddy. Wow, it's just that so so Loki is here and he's just he's just turning on me. I don't. I, I mean, he wants to stick a finger in my butt. Like, are you kidding me? Wow, <laughs> that's my own Wilson. <laughs> At least you said it after the fact, not before. I mean, well, we knew it was coming in, but. 
now I feel good. What can I do for you? You're on the air in El Paso, Texas. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. <laughs> yes, it is. What can I do for you? That's Howard Stern blowing farts. And if you're thinking, like, I listened to the live show and I missed this, we forgot to record this. Squeezer. So we're adding it in at one. We're professionals. One oh six in the morning after two and a half hours of recording. We're like, oh shit, I missed the pick. I missed the middle of my like. I went so we went right from your O.J. Simpson, and then I started doing my shout outs, and I did some bad, horrible impressions with no voice. And we went right into Price is Right without talking about uh, my third pick, the E Howard Stern E Show Squeezer. I don't even know if I have my notes up on it. I closed everything out. I had about like his Channel 9 show. This is like like my first <laughs> foray into Howard Stern. So my dad um, had Butt Bongo Fiesta on tape. He recorded off pay-per-view. And I would watch that. Like I snuck the tape and I watched. He also had some pornos that squeezer I would watch. And he, he tried to hide him in the garage. I found him. I watched them pornos. Well, yeah, because you're looking for it. I, I wasn't necessarily looking for it, but I found it. And it was like genital hospital instead of general hospital. Uh, I, it's, it's a play on words. I feel like, like those dudes' fucking cum shots were like fucking lawn sprinklers. I was like... Like, it always left me disappointed with what I had. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Well, it's a family show. It's a family show, but it mainly, it gave me, like, anxiety as to what I had. Is, again, I, my, mine was more of a, you know? It wasn't fucking shooting these porn star ropes. Uh, but I found Butt Bongo Fiesta, and Howard's playing, you know, Butt Bongo's Naked Women. It's this pay-per-view show. I'm intrigued. I buy the book from Books and More, the same Books and More that I used uh, to photocopy. The the my teacher was a lesbian dancer, Ramada and Ladies, my principal that got oh, me yes. kicked out of Catholic school. Same Books and More. I, I bought a lot of. I bought I, like that's where I discovered Michael Crichton and Stephen King. It's also where I got Howard Stern's first book and got kicked out of Catholic school at. He was on YSP here in Philadelphia. In our area, and that's where I would wind up listening to him every day before high school. But I really got into him when we picked up Service Electric, our cable, local cable channel, cable station picked up E, the E Network. And they, their biggest show at the time was Howard Stern. Which I mean, was, was there anything else on, really? Well, my dad would record the, the Channel 9 show. It was W-O-O-R locally, Channel 9. Mm-hmm. And I saw a few of those, but not many. And that was very fucking, uh, like, uh, I don't know. It was very edgy. I didn't understand it all. And I, now I have some of my watch. I mean, Donnie, our friend Donnie, oh, what the hell, has them all on, on tape, VHS. I should really? dub those down. So on, in 1994, E confirmed they had a deal to bring his radio show which was at K Rock at the time and syndicated to like YSP and everywhere. 
to television. Mm-hmm. They put six robos in his, his studio in um, New York and they, they he had a five he did a show for five hours every day, but it was like three hours plus commercials. <laughs> now he does three hours without commercials and he took the whole summer off. But I'm okay with it. He's like sixty and he's been doing this forever and he works three days a week. But I'm I am completely okay with him taking the summer off. I get it. I know in this industry it's good to recharge we should recharge squeezer yeah clearly well we did we didn't do a pick yeah we missed one now we we took 10 minutes to recharge and now we're back yeah um so like he's, he's finally got video into his homes and it was pretty big i watched the show religiously i don't know about you squeezer but i was very into this this was right around the age where i was discovering myself squeezer uh-huh we had no internet pornography we very we had a very limited amount of things that we could discover things about ourselves too. So sure. East Howard Stern show where he'd often have, you know, scantily clad. Yes, on the show was a great place to start, and I this show was like religion to me, gospel to me. I loved. I watched every fucking night Howard Stern show. On E channel and to my this stuff you want to know it's turning again oh, that's the uh, good and he liked it too but he just didn't want you know he did he yeah you want you watching my it. mom found the book in my sister's playhouse you yelled at me for and I got like, grounded was nothing I was like sit in your room and read okay well I'm reading my second copy of the Howard Stern book <laughs> that I have stashed in my room so that also was finding myself material and lesbian dating game and stuff. It was just, you know, there was back then you had to get creative with that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, but that's it. Um, Howard Stern on E great show. Great memories. Great summer television watching squeezer. Your next pick. You are the first four contestants on the price is right. And now here is the star. You know, we couldn't do a summer television show without Price is Right. No, I think it's mandatory. I never watched Price is Right in the summer. It was mainly like a strictly school year show for me. Yeah, I I see that, and I, I agree, especially, you know, when it comes to watching it at home. But so part of the thing was we uh, – the thing of it is – I may quote a great broadcaster of our own. Uh, I would – my grandparents would watch us in the summer some days. We had camps and stuff like that, and uh, we were in uh, some uh, summer programs. Anything to just get us out of the house while my mom and dad went to work. Uh, but for the days that that wasn't going on, we would stay with our grandparents. And depending on where we stayed, I either watched uh, old movies at my grandfather's who would just go to Blockbuster or Farm or whatever and just rip constantly just thousands of movies just pirating. Uh, for his own self-use. Uh, it was more of a hobby than it was. It wasn't malicious in any way. Um, or my other grandparents, who we just watched daytime TV um, while we watched, you know, the sunrise and set. And my grandmother, with without fail, like, we, you could, you can change a channel a little bit. You can watch a little here, a little there. I can watch some cartoons early on. But eventually... Uh, 
Price is Right came on at 11. Right. Which is fine. Because it was, and it was awesome. And it, uh, I would, we'd sit there and watch, and it was, it was an adorable, fun little memory. And then, then, uh, but then her stories would come on. Mm. And that's when you would just, that's when we would, like, go find my dad's old toys in the basement or just build card houses, uh, until stories were over. Mm-hmm. I watched stories. I believe it was Young and the Restless. Mm-hmm. Um, but Price is Right. It was just, it was, it's a very, like, just sweet memory I have with her, my sister and I, and my grandmother. We would all watch together, and she would get so excited. It was, it was more than just a show. It was almost how you would, like, sometimes you listen to certain podcasts. Like, you just, you get to know that person. She would refer to Bob Barker as like she, it was Bob, and she would talk to him. Okay. You know, it was it was a personal relationship that she had, but watching the show longer than I had been alive. You know, so uh, for us it was almost funny. Like my sister and I would look at each other like sometimes, like she'd just be talking to the TV, hmm. just Not talking crazy to Bob. At all. And then it would get it would get vicious too. Like you you'd almost she would get angry at the prices because they're also, you know, going off of Los the shows Angeles. in California, so they're going yeah. off of California prices that they have. So everything's always gonna be a little bit higher. Sure. Uh but she would get so mad if she were if she bid too low because she would tell you, that is not worth that much money. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it, it it was a fun time. It was just very fun memories of sitting there, my sister and I, with my grandmother, uh, watching Price is Right, uh, watching Bob Barker tell you to basically mutilate your animals. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was, it, you play along, like it was almost like an interactive show, right. like you. You know, you and you'd compete with each other. It it was kind of like that 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 Star Trek VHS game, only more fun. And people played with me. Hmm. It was a fun game, but no one ever played with me. I would have played with you, Squeezer. Oh, thanks. I let's go hunt it down, and we can play together. All right, I'm I am in. All right. Very busy for the next couple of weeks, though. But I'm in after that. Uh, by the time it gets here, we'll we'll see. I'm gonna start. I'll start hunting it down. Sounds good to me. Are we moving on? Well, you can move on. Oh, welcome. Oh no, here we to go. To Monday night. <laughs> to his World Wrestling Federation career. His amazing streak began last year with his unbelievable upset over Razor Ramon. The Million Dollar Man himself was the next superstar to fall. Shockingly enough, his Monday Night Raw streak continued as he became a tag team champion with high-flying maneuvers like these. Then, just three weeks ago, the kid upset Nikolai Volkov to earn this title shot. The kid aspires to be World Wrestling Federation champion as he faces the incomparable Bret the Hitman Hart, who, oddly enough, spoke these prophetic words at the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. 
I also see where the torch is being passed, say from myself on to uh, some of the younger guys, and maybe not such younger guys, but I see Jeff Jarrett. I see the one, two, three kid, I think is one of the greatest wrestlers pound for pound that's ever come across in wrestling period. And I, I personally uh, look forward to following his career. Squeezer, yeah, dig it. He's probably taking a bathroom break. I told him it was a long clip. I went and got some ice cold Sam Adams summer ales. So I'm talking about, I was very invested in uh, new generation, unlike anybody else. I was like the one viewer of WWF in 1994. <laughs> My dad... If you listen to Bruce Pritchard's podcast, Something to Wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, you hear the story of them being at a Superstars taping in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and Vince driving back, and it was in like a snowstorm, and he's like, oh, God damn, pal, what? Oh, God, I'm driving fast. Oh, you can't take it. Ha, ha, ha. I was at that show, and that was the show I talk about where, where uh, uh, Shawn Michaels came out with Diesel and carrying the ladder, and they fucked something on their way back. And uh, I was like, Dad, what's happening? The little Ryan, this shit's all fake. They're really shooting it. It's for television. That, that, that shot in February, we were there in February of 94, aired in March. And uh, by that summer, I would never missed a Monday Night Raw. So I figured we'd go over, when Squeezer gets back, we'll go over some of the Monday Night Raw. And they're only an hour back then. Which Squeezer, I know, that's what's really weirding me out. Did you get your bathroom break in? Oh, you didn't have to. Even, oh, I thought we were smooth. But no, yeah, I, I, I called you out earlier. I was like, he's probably not uh, answering. How, how'd you know? You told me to go. I did. I would have been fine. No, I did. No, I said go because oh, okay. we had time. You got to go. You got to go. Yeah, he's got to go. So it starts with July 4th. I say June, you know, you're doing a lot of things and everything. But July 4th, uh, Tatanka defeated Jeff Jarrett. In 1340, a long match. Jim Neinhart with Owen Hart in his corner to defeat Gary Scott. Duke the Dumpster, Josie, defeated Iron Mike Sharp. And Ted DiBiase's fake Undertaker. This was all leading up to SummerSlam. Undertaker versus Undertaker with that Domino's promotion. Remember that, Squeezer? Uh, not not at the... I wasn't watching. Uh, oh, yeah, you weren't watching. Defeated Mike Bell. Gorilla Monsoon and uh, Macho Man Randy Savage were on this event. Next was the July 11th. That was the card I just played for you. These were all shot in the Fernwood Resort in Bushkill, Pennsylvania. You remember that is, Squeezer? Yeah, I've been there. Where is it? I don't, I have no idea where it is. It's up in the Pocahontas. Uh, yeah, it's like northeast of us. Oh, okay. So Bret Hart defeated the One Two Three Kid to retain the WWF Championship, and Bret Hart won this match. One Two Three Kid was one of the best workers. He wanted to fucking show off. 
1735 they won. That was almost the whole fucking show. Crush squashed Matt Hardy in 117. Razor Ramon squashed Barry Horowitz in 253. And IRS squashed Ray Hudson in 348. Jim Ross and Macho Man Randy Savage were on that show. Um, next week, June, July 18th, 1994. Uh, Diesel, which HBK defeated Lex Luger in a double disqualification for the Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Mabel defeated Austin Steele. Owen Hart defeated Reno Riggins by submission. Thurman Sparky, Thurman Sparky plug, fuck, defeated George South. And Bam Bam Bigelow defeated Gary Saba. This is when Bam Bam came back. We're leading up to... Ra- this is right after WrestleMania. Okay. When uh, they had the great ladder match between HBK and uh, um, uh, uh, Razor Ramon and uh, Bam Bam fought uh, Lawrence Taylor. So I was so into that fucking goddamn WrestleMania. It really got me in. So then July 25th, we're about halfway through the summer. I know pretty soon I won't be able to stay up to watch Raw anymore. Tatanka defeated Nikolai Volkov in that $10,000 challenge match. The Head Shrinkers, uh, Allentown Zone, defeated Joey Starling and Barry Hardy. Jim Neinhart, the Anvil, defeated Jim Powers. Yokozuna defeated Adam Bomb by Countout in 620. And Duke the Dumpster Drozzy defeated Dwayne Gilbert Gill in 2 minutes 30 seconds. Jim Ross, Howard, uh, Jim Ross and Ooh Yeah Macho Man were on the call. Leading up, we're building, by the way. SummerSlam Um, the SummerSlam 1994 card let me pull it up for you was was the Undertaker vs. Undertaker brought to you by Domino's so hot it's scary this Undertaker I think it was actually Kane and Liam Neeson was in all the I'm sorry not Liam Neeson you've taken something very close to me and I have a set of skills that will get the Undertaker back (laughs) Leslie Nielsen (laughs) it was right off the fucking um, hot naked gun movies Leslie Nielsen was brought in to do the promos Bruce Bruce Pritchard produced them all they're great the the card was Adam Bomb versus Quang Bam Bam Vigolo and IRS with Ted with the million dollar man versus the head shrinkers Uh, Alondra Blaze versus Bull Nakano uh, Razor Ramon with Walter Payton versus Diesel with Shawn Michaels. Tatanka versus Lex Luger. Jeff Jarrett versus Mabel with Oscar. Bret Hart versus Owen Hart. And Undertaker versus The Undertaker. A hell of a card. Great card. I mean, any card with fucking Bret Hart versus Owen Hart was going to be a hell of a match because they brought the fucking heat. And this is all leading up to it. So August 1st. Monday Night Raw, one hour. Shawn Michaels with Diesel defeats Razor Ramon in a 23-minute match. Go back and watch this Raw Squeezer. This is a fucking hell of a match. Alondra Blaze versus... What was the date on this? This is August 1st, 94. I'll jump back. I'm in in 96 right now. Alondra Blaze defeated Bull Nakano in a double countout. uh, Leading up to their match at SummerSlam. And the Smoking Guns defeated George Anderson and Tom Bennett. Three matches, Squeezer. 
on promos. August 8th, 94. Ted DiBiase's fake Undertaker defeated Butch Banks. Let's Luger defeated Chan Miller. Bam Bam Bigelow and IRS defeated Tatanka and Doink the Clown. And Bob Backlund and Kevin Beat defeated Kevin Kruger by submission. He was crazy, like bad guy, bad Bob Backlund at this point. Doing the cross face chicken wing with that nutty O face look on his face. <laughs> We're getting close. Uh, we just had our, our church picnic. We're, get, we're buying back to school supplies. It's August 15th, 1994. One, two, three kid defeated Owen Hart. Talk about a match, man. One, two, three kid and Owen Hart. Two workers. 11.57 they gave that match. Duke the Dumpster Drozzy defeated Nick Bar- Barberry. Quang defeated Tony Roy. Mabel defeated Raymond Roy and Jeff Jared. J E double F J A double R E double T defeated Scott Taylor. If you want to get that Hasbro style retro figure from Zombie Sailor, go to Zombie Sailor right now and pre-order your San Diego Comic Con Orange Card exclusive. Guess who was a commentator in this night? Goddamn pal, Jr. Can't get it right. I'm gonna have to join Macho and do this myself. Fuck. August twenty second. Last night, before we go back to school, last Monday, Squeezer, I'm able to watch. They're at the Bailey Center in Youngstown, Ohio. Gorilla Monsoon's back. And the only matches I can see that are on the card are Lex Luger defeated Crush. Diesel with Shawn Michaels defeated Typhoon. This was the week prior to SummerSlam. 94 we had SummerSlam 94 Quang and Adam Bomb were both managed by Harvey Whippleman Quang or Quang Quang would be Savio Vega later uh I don't know there's a lot of new generation stuff here if you want to really get into this I was super into this and I was probably the only person and we ordered Domino's that my parents let me get Domino's that night. We got the thin crust. It was one of my first times I ever got Domino's thin crust because they were doing an offer with you with the pay-per-view. It was a lot of fun on August 29th, 1994. Right before you go back to school, you get one more fucking Monday night. This was a Monday night pay-per-view too. It wasn't Sunday. So no raw that night. Hmm. And then next week you're in you're fucking in school. Next Monday night you're in school. Well, next Monday night's Labor Day, I think. But next Tuesday. But next day, yeah, you're in school. You're in school, yeah. And that was my summer of '94, making sure I always caught raw, and I wanted to see that. I, I never missed a show. Like sometimes you miss shows when you're a kid, but when I was at that Superstars taping, I didn't want to miss a show, and it just kept me on track, you know. Mm-hmm. Here's your last pick, Squeezy. You're invested. I was. Come on, kids. Going back to school isn't that bad. I've got all new supplies for you. I wish I was going back to school. It can be fun. You get to learn about all sorts of things like history and science and geography and social studies and math. Yeah! Now that's the attitude I want to hear. We love to learn. Staples Business Depot. Everything your kids need for going back to school at guaranteed low prices. Staples Business Depot. The best buys in school supplies. Take serious.
years back to school and learn the ABCs of saving on all corduroy pants, including tough skins for boys and girls. Save 25% on pants that pass the test for fit, value, and easy care. Plus, save 25% as you multiply your looks this fall, wearing this reversible parka, washable sweater, and pleated pants. And for $20 to $50 savings on electric typewriters that let you correct mistakes with ease, you can count on Sears. It's the most wonderful time of the year. It's that time of year again. They're going back. It's back to school time at Staples. Over 5,000 supplies at the guaranteed low price. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Staples. Yeah, we've got that. A runner, a teacher, a fixer, a maker. Here we go again. Back to the back-to-school runaround. Rite Aid can help. We've got Mentadent toothbrush, toothpaste, or mouthwash, two for five dollars. Al May Amazing Eye Products, three ninety-nine, and Clairol Hydrants Hair Color, free after single check rebate. For your life, Rite Aid's got it. In this life, you need it all. Oh, so <laughs> before I purposely be before we go on, I want to say two things about this. Yeah. I remember Mentadent toothpaste as a way like they talk about straws killing turtles think about a way to get as much plastic as possible in a single tube of toothpaste <clears throat> that's it and succeeded <laughs> secondly when i first heard that most wonderful time of the year commercial i was like fuck staples and i'm like as a parent though it's probably like yes this is the it, most i get it now oh i'm not a yeah, parent but I, I get where you're coming from yeah i i uh i i um i i resented these like it, it was almost like it was almost like summer giving you a middle finger. It's like, oh, man, I get to watch all the cartoons I want whenever I feel like it. And then it's just kind of slipping in, like someone just kind of peeking around. Yeah, but you're going back to school. Right. And we could say, like, there's kids who liked first day back to school. Gosh. I can say, hand on whatever Bible you want. I fucking hated school. Yeah, I would say, like, very early on, like, you know, kindergarten first grade second grade like oh that was cool after that then it starts like like wearing off like no 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 i i get it now this isn't because now now you have to learn like those grades it's like oh i get to go and play arts and crafts with my friends like it's not really school yet but once you're old enough yeah then it starts to just suck as soon as i had to wake up because i'm not that student as soon as i had to wake up early I, i was done i didn't want anything to do with it I just didn't want to be stuck inside in a chair all day. Oh, mine too. Yeah, I would. I would get up early anyway all summer because gotta get up there and seize the day. Not me. Um, I'd seize the bed. Ah, uh, my, my. I had to leave in that. Uh, so that one Staples commercial, the most wonderful time of the year. That was a very clever one. It was a very popular spot. Won a bunch of awards and stuff. Uh, uh but the Rite Aid one, <laughs> they didn't quite. Um, they they basically took a going back to school commercial because like the video showed like kids getting ready for school and then the school bus and then they just had the shot of the school bus and there were just product shots superimposed over it for the mentadent for like the hair color and for like the eyebrow shit like it had nothing to do with going back to school but it was I mean they they were all clearly geared at mom. 
And it's like, hey, your kids are going back to school. Get your eyebrows waxed. Um, yeah, and back to school commercials aren't targeted at kids. Mm -hmm. yeah. Clearly, now they other than um, other than like your trapper keeper slash uh, what's your name, uh, the rainbow unicorn tiger uh, Lisa Frank. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, at least Frank. Thank you. Uh, I was uh, drawing a blank there. Uh, Lisa Blank. Overwhelmed with rainbows. Yes, Lisa Blank. Mm -hmm. um, other other than those, like uh, going with the the niche, not niche, but niche. Uh, that, that the pushing that cool product. Other than that, it was all geared at your parents, and it was all about just getting you ready and saving you money. Uh, like the series one in particular. Oh, my mom must have seen that commercial. Oh, what test do they put those pants through? They pass the test. They could shit all over them. Those corduroy ones, what they do is one by one, they take it and put a, a, a circular saw to them. It's like, oh, nope, it doesn't cut. All right, <laughs> let's rub it all over them and see if it's comfortable. Nope, it's not comfortable. All right, they're wearing them. Well, oh, at least your God. mom wasn't buying you like three outfits that you circulated throughout the year with a clip-on tie from the fucking House of Bargains. Yeah. Fair enough. Now I just do that now in my professional career. Yeah, no, I do this. the clip like, on tie. <laughs> like I have a pile of uh, unmarked V-neck T-shirts in medium tall size from American Eagle that I just circulate through. I have like three or four work polos and a couple work T-shirts that just. Yeah, I'm like, every week I'm like get... Doug. I color swap occasionally, but it's pretty much the same outfit every day. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just easier that way. I don't have to worry about. Oh God! I saw one of those. That's exactly why those, Steve uh... Jobs wore the same outfit all the time. He said, "Because then I yeah. don't have to think about what I have to wear. It's one less thing I have to worry about." I saw a commercial for one of those like men's like dress clubs. Like yeah, like oh, we send you a box and this is what you wear throughout the week, and you just wear what they tell you to wear. I'm like or I just get a couple free shirts from work, and. uh put one on each day and i'm good to go or i wait for american eagle to have their oh we're, bas we're basically selling everything for 30 bucks you could get an entire wardrobe for 30 dollars and they send me a crate of clothing in uh, in my perfect size for 30 dollars yeah. that was originally like if you buy american eagle clothes when they come out at full price you're a sucker because <laughs> <laughs> none of their stuff has logos on it which i love and they sell medium tall, and they sell my pant size thirty thirty four. <laughs> so I'm a, I buy occasionally. I have a Vans or Hurley's marking on, but I like yeah. unmarked clothes mainly. Yeah. Well, or you just go and get a get a shirt and then iron on a bunch of patches at work. Just brand your own clothes. Yeah, I get Nicole from China to make me uh, hundreds of patches of our work logo, and we just iron on yeah. whatever we want. Everyone just bring in your own clothes and make your own clothes for work. It, it actually works out better that way. It does. And everyone's so jealous. Like, how do I get that? I'm like, it's a one of a kind. Uh, it's like, <laughs> again, everyone knows Rocco on this show. He was walking by me the other day. He goes, you just take a Dickies shirt and iron on a patch. And I like lift up the corner with the Dickies logo on it. I go, yes. Yes, I did. Exactly what I, I did. Like, nice. Yeah, so I have and I know it fit because I pulled it out of my closet. I have two. I didn't have to worry about yeah, it. Yeah, I have two sizes of patches now. Yeah. Yeah, I got to get a couple hoodies for the fall. Get the big one on it. Uh, um. Yeah. But uh, yeah, back so 
it, it was also like a threat. So not only did it just mock you that, oh, it's time to go back to school, but it also meant now you got to go back to school shopping. Now, there was the fun shopping, which is like trapper keepers and like markers, pencils, you know, colored pencils, all that shit. Yeah. But then there's also the going and trying on those corduroy pants at Sears. Or in this case, in my case, Clover. Uh, uh, just at least your head never got stuck in the electric door. <laughs> that is very true. Uh, I'm surprised my ass didn't get stuck in the door <laughs> after being at the snack stand too long. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that it was just a, a, a sick, sad tease you knew. And now, I mean, I don't think they wait. Like you're, it used to be like, kind of like Augusty, I would think. Now it's like e- easily by 4th of July. I mean like, no, as soon as 4th of July, Ju- no, not by four, as soon as 4th of July is over, the next thing that goes out is back to school. I got yeah. it down to a, a T it's the year starts out with. Like spring, tra- spring, like it's exercise equipment, January in January. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go through a whole year of this is basically Target, so I go every store by this. So it's exercise equipment and spring cleaning stuff. Yeah, it, it's that New Year's resolution bullshit. Yes, and that actually gets a lot of time until Valentine's Day, and then Valentine's Day takes over, and then it's Easter. Then Easter goes until it's. Uh, summer um outdoors like citronella candles citronella candles and patio furniture yep which is for and fourth of july summer stuff and then it goes from fourth of july summer stuff to back to school back to school leads you into uh with also college back to school leads you into halloween halloween obviously leads you into christmas and christmas leads you right back into workout stuff and spring cleaning yeah. Poor Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving gets mixed in there with. Yeah, you get that end cap of your little uh, like fall paper shit. Turkeys yeah, yeah, and your fall shit. Yeah. But that's it. It's uh, it's it's it, uh, after New Year's. It's it's New Year's resolution, cleaning and uh, working out, and then it's Valentine's Day. Then it's Easter, and then it's summer. Then it's Fourth of July. Then it's back to school. Then it's Halloween, then it's Christmas, and it repeats. It's snake eating its tail. Yeah, yeah. That the the New Year's resolution shit, the exercise equipment and cleaning stuff is a good. Uh, it's a good take on that. You're right. I, I've seen it. I've I've lived for this shit, Squeezer. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> All right, we are down to my final. Uh, final pick, Squeezer. Nice. I'm stalling because. Uh, okay. The computer f- went to sleep mode. Oh. Did you uh, happen to watch LeVar Burton on Jeopardy? I have not. Oh, I, I recorded it so I can watch. He's doing all right. He's done a lot. You so could far. tell. You could tell he's a little nervous. Did he take he's over full time? No, no, he's still a guest host. Ah. They're still trying to find someone. Um, I didn't watch anyone else, so I don't. I don't know. I know. How I don't. I'm not a Jeopardy guy. So Enchantress is. I'm uh, not. I'm a fan. He's he's just so mellow and and polite and casual. Aaron, I, I think he's who Aaron Rodgers. No, no, Levar Burton. Levar Burton. I, he just I, I don't know. I just he's so pleasant. Uh, and I know he's a fan of the show, so I kind of hope that he does kind of get it. Although what? he was a part of history. His what Levar Burton's a fan of our show? No Jeopardy. No, Levar Burton's an intelligent man 
who promotes reading and education in children. Oh, hey, Schmuffin. Do you hear that? Hi, Schmuffin. Uncle Squeezer says we hi. Talk, we talk to cats. And... Schmuffin, say hi. Now she shuts up. She's like, I know. Uh, but he he made history when he was hosting the show when a guy on Monday set the record for the lowest score ever. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, at minus like it was over under under seven thousand dollars after the second round. So well, he clearly did not make it to final Jeopardy. If they want to get lower, they could call us. If they want to break that record, no, I would. I I watched Tuesday night. I would have won the damn show. Okay, call me then. Fine, you're a genius. Okay. <laughs> I I killed it. There was there was a there was a Wilhelm question in there. Wilhelm scream. Yeah, it was ah! a Wilhelm scream. Yeah. It's a Foley thing. All right. Mm -hmm. Audio mix. Here's my last pick. Meet Doctor Cap. Tell me about your early childhood. Whatever you remember. I I went to Catholic grade school, you know, and the one thing that nuns hated being called more than anything else, Doc, my man. They hated that. I used to constantly refer to them as Sister My Man, My Main Man Sister. Sister Man, My Main Michael Vincent, My Man Sister, My Man. I would get in a lot of trouble with that. He's Dr. Katz, professional therapist, and you can find him only at Comedy Central, Sundays at 10.30 p.m. The Tom Snyder Squiggle Vision. I was a big fan of Dr. Katz. It was so adult, but I, I, like, I laughed at it, and now I watch it. They're all, every episode you could watch on YouTube, they're all on there. But this was a very adult show that led to one of the first adult swim shows called Home Movies that Tom, uh, Jonathan, Cat, uh, Jonathan Katz, and I believe Tom Snyder also were on um, that show. Squeezie, still there? I loved, uh, yeah. I, lo I was letting you go. I loved Home Movies. Home Movies was great, but it was almost identical. It was like a kid version. Yeah. It was a kid version of Dr. Katz, but he was like getting his uh, therapy through the video camera. But it was yeah, just, I can see that. It was the same style of like, like non sequitur storytelling in this computer animated. Um, so the first episode of Dr. Katz aired May twenty eighth, nineteen ninety five, and aired throughout that summer. Is it really? Yeah, wow. eighty one episodes were produced with the sixth and final season of 18 episodes beginning on June 15th, 1999. So this was a summer run show. So that's why I always watch this motherfucker in the summer. Uh, they did do some in the, uh, the off season though. Um, they did do some like Christmas Eve and um like winter shit but uh, i remember i watch i used to watch this all the time in the summer because i was up late it's because it aired at like 10 30 mm -hmm. which is early now it's when we get off work now but it's like late when you're in high school right and you're in middle school oh shit. yeah 95 like it's fucking young and i watched this and i i fucking loved it i thought it was so adult and funny and there's so many good comedians on it that would like place parts and you try to like figure out who it was because there was pre-internet, and um, Bob Odenkirk. I, he, I hope he rests up. He had a heart thing. He passed out in better call. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Uh, Paul F. Comp Tompkins, Kathy Griffin, Andy Kindler, Maria Bamford, Brian Pajan, um Really, like great Ted Danson. I think was in a lot of the episodes. 
hysterical, uh, like adult stuff that you didn't see until Adult Swim launched. It made sense they made the jump to a show on Adult Swim. Um, same network, essentially. Trust me, I know. <laughs> Comedy Central and the Viacom networks with uh, uh, co- a comedy, or, I'm sorry, Cartoon Network and also MTV and etc. But uh, yeah, six seasons and you could watch them all on YouTube. I was going through a bunch in the last few days. That's cool. I didn't realize how long the show was on. Yeah, it went from uh, May of 1995 through February of 2002. So, seven-year run. Wow. Which, in hindsight, with like in the long run with, with these cartoon shows, is nothing. Like, yeah. Like, I think Rick and Morty have been already, not six seasons. They're going on five or six, right? Uh, They're in five, I think. They're at like five, like... In the middle of five now. It's like that hiatus in between. So I think right, and uh, like, Sunday, the next one, the season Sim- continues. Simpsons, South Park, and Family Guy have been on for like 40 billion, and American Dad even, 40 billion seasons. Yeah. I swear, every time I'm walking through our lunchroom, American Dad or Cleveland show is on, or South Park. Yeah, or South Park. Yeah. And I always go back to our channel just because I'm like, oh, I yeah, It's probably it. not the best, yeah, especially yeah. like some... But yeah, Dr. Katz, professional therapist, great show, great summer viewing. This is a fun show, Squeezer. That was fun. We did. Uh, we covered a lot of ground, and ground we haven't covered before too. This wasn't a summer repeat show. You know what I mean? Well, it's the summer. You're supposed to run repeats in the summer. Right, but we didn't. We no. We yeah, brought, we we rugrats it. We brought new material to the table to entertain you. And to repay us for this, go rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe and like us on YouTube and give us a comment on YouTube. We'll read it on air. And um, if you want to email me, I'm rk at radiers.com. He's squeezer at radiers.com. And join us next week. It is our last live show. Then we go on a week hiatus with a tape show. Then we'll be back, hopefully live again, because we have Music Fest. So we got to figure out when we're doing two shows next week, Squeezer. Gotcha. One will be taped. Um, Or we just take a week off. I don't know. It's up to you. I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But uh, we're not not in the habit of taking weeks off, so we'll probably record a show. At least not on purpose. Not on purpose. Accidentally forgetting what a week is. But uh, that's it. This was a fun show. Um, Matt, we're with you. Joe, I hope you fucking make those guys. Damn miles. And uh, that's it. I'm RK. I'm Squeezer. See you next week.